0: Welcome to Design Ops Island Discs, the weekly podcast from Zero Height that navigates the calm waters of Design Ops with your host, me, Luke Murphy. I'm a design advocate at Zero Height, and I'm talking to the best folks in Design Ops to navigate us through what it takes to float Design Ops within your design org. For episode one, I'm joined by Dave Malouf, a designer, author, educator, and design leader, who's one of the first to coin the term Design Ops way back in 2014. He co-authored 2016's The Design Ops Handbook and has led design teams at Rackspace, HP and DigitalOcean, amongst many others. He's the founder of the Interaction Design Association and currently leads Design Ops at Northwestern Mutual in New York. In today's episode, we're going to cover off what Design Ops is, how it's changed in the last six or so years and how people may misconceive it as a practice. So I suppose... To, to get started it'd be really good to have a bit of an intro to, to your background and especially how you got into design ops and how you got into defining what design ops is because most people know you as the man who coined the term design ops Dave um, especially from the what is design ops the and the design ops handbook um, from design better so yeah I suppose Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So, you know, I've had a long career as a designer. And at one point, I became a professor of design and kind of like lost uh, for four years my connection to really like design industry. And it was, you know, you lose four years in tech and it's like losing a decade or a score of years elsewhere. It just goes so fast. and Yeah. But what it did give me was this kind of perspective of like, here's ideal design, like what I was teaching in college, and here's what's completely messed up in reality when I got out. And I'm like, this has nothing to do with design practice. This has everything to do with what gets in the way of design practice. And um, for a long time, I focused my attention just on agile and what I thought was, problematic about agile processes in terms of user-centered design and um, being human-focused as opposed to delivery-focused. And for a long time, that was where my thinking was at. And even so, when I started really putting the word design and operations together in my mind, other people have done it before me in different ways. I was really uh, working in an environment where we were building DevOps tools, platforms as a service, you know, things like Heroku, but like competitors to Heroku, yeah. and, uh, and working in container systems and stuff like that, and really getting engaged with the teams that were like living this DevOps kind of operational uh, administrative mindset and how, it, how it's different. And I was like, how can I process this in the design world so that designers can still have everything they need to do quality design, but keep up with even the further accelerations in speed, velocity, whatever that engineering was going through and product management was going through. And um, that's really where the term design operations in my mind, came from and then as i started kind of thinking of it less as how to keep up with dev um, and more to amplify the value of design in these contexts um, that's where it started to get broader and broader for me to the versions that got published in um, whether it was a design hops handbook or my own writings or talks or whatever, and really just started to focus on how do we make sure that design's value is not being diluted and how do we make sure that design practices are what we're focusing on instead of design deliverables. Yeah,
0: I, I suppose because, you know, for you, you've kind of split it up into three spheres of operations, right? Where it's people operations, business operations, and then workflow slash tools slash process operation delivery Mm -hmm. operations right um because there is this difference between design ops as like a methodology and a way of thinking and then we're starting to see design ops as a role come out and Mm -hmm. i suppose have you has this changed the way that you've been thinking about it over the last few years since you were sort of talking about this a lot because I've what I've seen at least is that design ops as a role has started to focus a lot more on the tooling and process delivery side of things, mm-hmm. the delivery ops side of things. And the, I don't know, the business slash people side of it is kind of being left. Oh yeah. That's we, we care about that, but that's over there. Do you think this is a good thing or?
1: For me, um, design ops was always, um, well, it wasn't always, but like, has always been about helping designers and design leaders focus on the verb of design and and in doing so helping others understand that design is a verb yeah uh, or the value of design is the verb yeah right and the practice itself and uh, some people even when i was first starting out like their version of design ops their language for design ops was practice management, right? Yeah. And a lot of organizations had studio managers. And, you know, I think what we're finding in terms of the focus on program management, delivery management, producers in design operations is not fundamentally a bad thing. You know, even in my own team that I've been building since in the last year, um, what the the place where I've been growing it from the get-go has been in program management. Yep. And quite honestly, that's where the need is strongest. And it's where the least corporate support is, is in terms of making sure that in terms of the delivery cycle, in terms of the product life cycle, that design is managed well. And so I think that's a really strong place. I also think that like from a corporate perspective, the partnerships around people management or human resource management and finance and IT are um, they're in place. They might not be exactly the way we need them to be, but it's easier for a design leader, like a director or a VP, to get in and target those support systems in that way, where I feel like if you went to a generic program management office, a PMO, or worked with product management to try and get the processes and whatever for uh, delivery management, it's m- more difficult to think of those as partnerships yeah. from the get-go. You, you have to create those partnerships. Um, they're not there to service design the same way like HR is there to help you um you know grow your people um so it it just is more difficult yeah
0: it's hard to build trust as well when you're coming from a position because i'm guessing most of the design uh program managers that you work with have backgrounds in design or at least have worked in sort of design centered companies have they or are you finding that there is actually a a rise of people who are just from a design program management background and never been sort of ic
1: contributors most of the people on my program management team were never designers. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so interesting. Okay. They've all worked with creatives. Yeah. Right. Because there's also this idea of creative ops too. Yeah. Um, which is mostly the agency and media side. Hmm. Um, that's also helpful. So, like, they've all worked in those environments. Um, when I'm looking for program man- for design program manager support, I make sure that they have program management experience and program management experience in a creative context. I also focus on a product design context. So like uh, if you're only doing creative ops and marketing ops, but there's no application development there, it's, it's, um, it's not quite good enough for what I need, Though yeah. it could be totally fine for a different context like e-commerce or, um, you know, media and, and advertising, right?
0: ah that's fascinating it's because i've always seen because i suppose i've i haven't yet worked in an org that's been big enough to um need dedicated design program management um but we've seen it with when we've started to build out the team with design managers and and sort of having that that people up side of things uh start to come through um and from what i've seen at least i don't think i've met a design manager yet who is in the people management space who doesn't have ice who hasn't had ic credentials um because there's that element of trust there um and and i suppose you know at least if you've got experience where you've got the uh, design program managers having at least worked in a creative field, then they know how to build that trust um but no it's just just interesting because it's one of those assumptions that i made that oh this is clearly just somebody who's come from an ic background and has decided to switch across because they're interested in you know The uh, managing, managing the the delivery, managing the program.
1: Yeah, Um, I I think though it's it's a hard pivot. Just like if I wanted, if you imagine someone pivoting from being a program manager to wanting to be a designer, right? Like the skill sets are that different from each other, right? And I think um, design literacy is important to a program manager, but not design fluency, right? Um, the same way that, you know, the flip is is also true. So I think, um, but that said, as I'm now starting to like reach the point of like, I finally have my ratios in place for program management to designers. Um, I'm now looking to build out the practice management side of my design ops team. Mm-hmm. In those cases when it's really about the practice management, the people ops and the business ops, having more of a hands-on experience as a designer is definitely going to be um, key to being able to to do that kind of work. Or somebody who, if I'm hiring at a more senior level, somebody who's like been a studio manager, you you know, something like that um, might really, might really help with that. Um, but I could also see, you know, like it's, it's a different day, um, now than five years ago. Right. So like five years ago, it was really about a designer like myself, um, figuring out that, oh, my strengths are in these areas. My interests are in those areas and the needs are there so i'm going to i'm going to self pivot right yeah yeah versus and and build the practice out of necessity within the roles that i'm in and gain experience that way but if i was thinking about it today i might hire my first people ops person might be somebody out of college who really took design courses but really is not a great designer but like
0: ah interesting
1: you know and then i can sort of train them up on the operational aspects of it and because yeah. they can now work with a mentor who can develop them to be that right or i can even work with a program manager with a creative background and i can mentor them in that way so i think like there's as a practice matures as a practice grows it enables new paths In the career to be created.
0: Yeah, because I mean, that's a really interesting way of looking at it, and not something I'd really thought of. Because, yeah, at the moment, I'd seen, uh, especially when it comes to like splitting out from going from sort of crafts to people ups and and management, um, it's one of those things, you know, you look at growth frameworks from across the world in different companies. And it's usually something that happens at a mid or senior level that it splits out into the two tracks, right? Yeah. Why couldn't you have somebody who actually just comes in from the get-go who is really good with people and understands the, the practice and can be trained up on, on a lot of the other elements? It yeah, yep. Makes sense. Makes sense. So you've, you've had a lot of experience setting up these practices and these teams mm-hmm. and also a lot of experience going out and talking to people about design ops, um, which is still a relatively junior kind of area. I feel like it's still a little bit green. Um, it's not one of those things that you go to somebody at a, a, a barbecue or a party and they say, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I'm in design ops. You're going to need to explain what that is. Um, what have you found to be like the biggest misconceptions around design ops? Um, you know, especially when you're trying to sort of set up design ops as a practice.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to take a step back before I talk about, like, the biggest misconceptions. <laughs> I think, like, whenever we communicate a nation's idea with existing words, yeah. or any words, right, um, people always fill in the gap based on their own experience, yep. right? And so that's where, like, that's where my idea of the lenses of design operations came in and why I called it lenses, is because it's like, okay, there are these three major starting points that people come to operations with, right? And I think that's one of the reasons why program management kind of grew so quickly is because it was one of those really big lenses that already existed. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's similar. It's like when someone hears the word user experience and all they think about is ui it's most likely they're a, they're a visual designer yeah, right yeah. and so they're bringing that lens and they're not wrong from that perspective right so i think like that's that's something to to think about when answering these like misconceptions and i think like one example of that um which is also on the delivery side of of things is um design ops is a design system Right, That was like one of the early ones that I was, uh, or design ops is DevOps, right? Because <laughs> it ends in ops, you yeah. know, it's DevOps for designers. It's um, where I started as well, yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot of people, even I started there, I actually self-corrected really quickly um, when someone taught me what DevOps was in, in a, a broader way than just what I understood from being tool-centric right? Because that's what I was in a software company at the time, building it, not doing it. And I think like getting corrected really helped me. So I think like that's one misconception. Um, People thinking design ops is only program management is the other one. Um, I think like those are probably the two, design systems and program management, like those sort of limiting lenses. And it's really just about... I hear the words design and operations and this is what I do or what I understand. And so I think it's this, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. Both of those things are part of design ops, but they're, they're a part of design ops and it's not, they're definitely not the, it's funny actually, cause I've seen on the other side, you know, when talking to uh, other sort of design leaders and I feel like that the shift, the focus has shifted a little bit internally within designs to really focus in on the business and the people ops, because it's like, that's what a lot of people really care about and get excited about good org design and good, you know, how to structure your, your leadership, how to, how to you know, get your seat to the table to use a cliche. <laughs> um, and it's like, it's like, yeah, those are also part of what design ops is as a whole, but it's a part. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, let's, let's make sure that we're actually giving everything the, um the, the required attention it needs um and i suppose off of that for you where's your focus sort of where do you see uh, a focus going for design ops as a as a concept in the future what are you excited about basically within design ops as a concept
1: in in all honesty i think like there's so many different things going on and they're all good so it's not like a single trend um the focus on design uh being more diverse and inclusive and equitable um, and using operations in order to do the cultural change to make that happen is great. I think thinking about automation in order to accelerate things can be good and bad, depending on how it's used, right? I think if it's only about increasing delivery time speed then it's bad if it's about making space for reflection making space for more designing then it's great yeah that's how you'll amplify the value of design if it's just about speeding things up it's not you know every every tool is a weapon if you hold it right um to quote annie defranco so um always always a little cautious about things like that but i wouldn't want to dismiss them i just want to dismiss how they're used incorrectly
0: it's a tough one though because it is that is unfortunately one of the easiest way you can convince your bosses to let you dedicate more resource on how you automate your processes spending some time on your processes on your tooling on your support Mm -hmm. you know one of the easiest ways is oh we can speed up the delivery or we can you know and you know we can spend saying we can spend more time doing the you know the actual design process work um the bosses that you talk to they hear that and they just go oh so we can get more out and it's like not necessarily it just means that what you're actually going to work on is going to be better and your designers are probably going to be happier because they've been able to spend the required amount of time to actually focus on on the things that they should be focusing on right
1: yeah i think like the one thing that i would add to this mix around that same thing about making time um but it's also about focusing expertise is where tooling and automation and data management whether it's design ops or research ops um come in and allow for better democratization of skills yes so you can focus the greater expertise on the places where the impact will be yeah. stronger.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, okay. So before we uh, finish up, uh, cause I think we are coming up to time. Um, of course we, this is design ops Island discs. So um, we need to do the, the customary set you up on your boat and send you off to your desert Island. And you're allowed to take uh, one piece of music, one piece of literature and one luxury item that you're going to spend your days on your desert Island with. So, uh, what, what are those, those three items for you, Dave?
1: So music is easy. Um, so it would probably be, um, you two live in Paris, um, uh, Joshua tree live in Paris, um, unless they ever make a published recording of the 30th anniversary tour and that would win <laughs> but the Joshua Tree tour first one was an amazing experience strong choice um, strong choice um book let's see i don't i don't read books a second time <laughs> so i'm not like i'm not really a strong reader um so i'm going to pass on the book thing maybe like I think like if I had to have a book, it would need to be like a really strong, inspirational graphic novel, um, something like that. That that I could go back to. Um, That's
0: okay. You've you've got yeah. time to set off for the desert island, so I'm sure we can just we can just get one commission for you. Just just give okay, us the themes, cool. and we'll get the best graphic novel people to work on <laughs> it. So. And yeah. then one luxury item.
1: Ooh, luxury item. God, is it a cheap to like say I I want my iPad uh, <laughs> with a five G on it? Like, um, that that which then gets me everything else I want. So. Um, but I think that would be the luxury item yeah. I would. I
0: mean, that's fair. Choose. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, actually, you
1: know what? I like coconut water, so I, I, I can live off that for a while. And you know, see,
0: I was <laughs> thinking I'd take my piano, but actually, now you've you've mentioned that, I think I think my iPad's probably up there as well. <laughs>
1: Because you, like your iPad is a piano if you really want it to be, right? You know, not the best reflexive experience, but, you know, you can make do.
0: Hey, and I mean, worst comes to worst, you can just hook up some nice hardware hack using uh, coconut trees um, to create your yeah. own piano that just works out of the iPad. Absolutely. So it's fine. Thank you so much today for joining us for the first episode of Design Ops Island Discs. Uh, We're going to leave him with Bono and his iPad, although I am a little bit worried that the mobile signal on the island is going to be a little bit rubbish. If you'd like to follow Dave, you can do so on Twitter at DaveIXD, or you can find a whole load of resources on his website at DaveMaloof.design. This podcast is brought to you by Zero Height, the design system documentation platform. You can jump in at any point and create your first style guide for free, by heading over to zeroheightcom slash podcast. Make sure you add that last part of the URL in so that you let them know that we sent you. For the next episode, we set sail for Canada, where I speak to Harjit Bal about running a design ops audit for your design org. Until then, bon voyage.